All right. What should we talk about? Probably the notes that I emailed you. Remember, I remember I sent you a bulleted list of talking points. No. Did you look at the talking points, Micah? No. Well, I'm not surprised. No, I said that my favorite Grindhouse movie is 10 Things I Hate About You. So yes, I did look at them. Okay, yes. I remember you said that back, but that's not a Grindhouse film. Wait, what? 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah. Which is like a parody of Taming of the Shrew by William Shakespeare. 10 Things I Hate About Shrew. Okay, that's a Grindhouse movie. I know. Look it up. Look it up. Okay. So we're going to start this shit off. Hey, can you do this? I'm not doing that on try camera. It. Just you're, try it. You're going to fuck with me. All the guys are going to see this. I hope you're happy. I hope you're happy with yourself. I've now. never been happy. <laughs> we're going to start. Are you ready? Did you drink your drink? Am I going to get that which I have coming to me? Sure, Micah. One, two, three, four. Slashers, your new favorite podcast about your new favorite horror media. My name is Abe, and with me as always, well, I guess let me introduce to you Yeah, my... read it. Read it. Word for word, and you'll be enthused about it. I saw the look on your face. I really do want to read this. No, you're going to, or I walk. Do you want me to walk? Have fun recording this episode by yourself, Adrian. Good luck walking away in your closet, Micah. Okay. Well, it's... <laughs> if I if I leave this, then I mean Mikey could call me, I guess. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Whatever. I'm sure Mikey would be more than happy to replace me with you anyway. So <laughs> there's that. I love my Mikey, but read it and like I said, be enthused. I, I get that of which I have coming to me. Okay, fine. All right. Yeah. Let me introduce you to my co-host. He's a sexy thing. He's a podcaster soldier. He escaped New York and he's big trouble yeah <laughs> he can go overboard with the puns but you should see his bone tomahawk <laughs> and he's sort of death proof but we won't test that ladies and gentlemen the self-proclaimed kurt russell of podcasting micah yeah that's me how you doing and if anything you're gonna be my goldie hawn because if i ever get you on a boat i'm gonna put you in a fucking coma <laughs> oh my god how you doing I hope everybody heard that in case I ever go missing. I am great, Micah. Thank you for asking. Well, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. This is a lot of fun. We have, it's just me and you this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I couldn't, I build the topic today, everybody is Grindhouse and no one ever is enthusiastic about it. And I just so happened to mention it to Micah. And I don't know if he was just trying to pander to me or what, but he's here because he's the only person who cares about it. Well, pretty lady tells me what they like. There's a good chance I'm going <laughs> to agree with them because I fucking hate this movie. Okay. It's two, it's two films. Oh shit. There is. Yes. Oh boy. I, did you not see my background? Why do you think I have Okay, you I thought that. you just like, of course I do. I'm just messing oh with God. you. I love Grindhouse. I need I mean, Mikey. <laughs> don't we all? So today, Micah's joining me because I wanted to do the Grindhouse films. And I thought, well, we're going to talk about Grindhouse from 2007. I also wanted to touch base on like what 
Grindhouse films were in the 70s and 80s, a little bit of history and background, because again, we are an informative podcast. You're here to learn something. Edutainment. Edutainment, sure. Yeah, you're just not going to hear us like, you know, talk shit while we're drunk for an hour, which was pretty much last week's episode. So. Okay, yeah, but you could get actual facts from the Slashers podcast. If you're going to listen to my show, Damn That Scary, I would not use that on any book report. You know, I'm hoping that you guys understand that there's a lot of, I'm not saying this about Damn That Scary, I'm saying this about Slashers podcast. That <laughs> there is a lot of time and effort that goes into our research. A lot of prep. A lot of prep. In fact, I spent a lot of my day on Saturday for this episode because I was really excited about it. There was a lot of movies on the Grindhouse list that I never knew were Grindhouse films. Oh, yeah. AKA exploitation films. Exploitation to a T, basically every Roger Corman film ever made. Well, of course. I mean, that's to be expected. But did you know? Did you know that Halloween was a Grindhouse film? Yes, due to the low budget and the fact that it was in rotation in multiple drive-ins, played as a double feature with uh, other films that came out around the same time. Okay, well, Halloween was, and so was Black Christmas, which I had no idea. I was like completely, I mean, I guess I get it. It was, okay, I know you want to speak, go ahead and speak. Sorry, that, that kind of surprised me a little bit. You actually said it was your favorite exploitation film. I guess we'll get to that later. But see, my idea of these grindhouse features are more like that grimy New York City feel or the real dirty ones like Texas Chainsaw Massacre or like kids shouldn't play with dead things. The fact yeah. that Black Christmas, which to me, I consider to be a very highbrow slasher, is a grindhouse film kind of surprised me a bit. We'll just talk about that really quickly right now because I feel at the time it would have been exploitative because dealing with abortion okay dealing with the things that the killer says on the phone like i want to lick your pretty pink cunt like people don't even say that now so i think <laughs> i can't believe i just said that now it's gonna be a sound bite it's gonna go around the school yay i'm aroused <laughs> things of that nature i understand i spit on your grave i understand cannibal holocaust i was yeah. surprised to see black christmas only because I figured, like you said, it is a little more highbrow, but at the end of the day, at the time for the content that it was dealing with and the fact that the women were very overtly sexual in that film, especially Barb and, you know, uh, even, you know, Olivia Hussey's character, Jess, I'm not surprised after yeah. I thought about it. So you have to think about it a little bit, but obviously some more on this list and we may as well just talk about that I saw that I, that were horror exclusively horror because I didn't go into all of them, but we have Cannibal Holocaust. I spit on your grave, obviously. Yeah. The last house on the left, obviously. That's Wes Craven's first. Maniac. I know, I know. And, and I, I do like the, I like the last house on the left remake a lot. Do you? I do. I like that remake. I, I, they made it, they kind of gave it like that, a little bit of a happier ending, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas like the old Grindhouse films, they were very, balls to the wall they left you kind of feeling maybe like empty but it's i felt like those old films were a little more realistic in a sense like they the girl was dead they they killed her at the beginning of the at the end of the second act and then the third act of course the parents getting the revenge yeah. where the remake the remake is still brutal as fuck but i felt like they kind of took that modern day approach of let's 
let's give the audience a happier ending, you know, and not just the fact that they saved the daughter, they saved the the kid that was kind of like a prisoner where in the original, they straight up slit his fucking throat. They didn't care. I mean, their daughter's dead. They went out for blood. That's what I like about the old Grindhouse movies. I know we're, we're, you're in the middle of the list right now, but it's like, Abe, like what Grindhouse features, I, I feel is like a lost art. Would you agree with that? I agree and I disagree because okay. I don't know if it's so much of a lost art because the Grindhouse films we're talking about today are the double feature from 2007. They sort of bring it back. I don't know if it brought it back as much as it did play homage to the Grindhouse films of the, the 70s, 80s, you know, and, and late 60s. I disagree with you there because out of all of those, we get Machete after that. And mm. Machete or Machete was not... Good. I was going to correct you. Okay. Shush. Was not, I don't need you to mansplain to me, Micah, okay? I, I don't know. <laughs> See, all I need is a gun on my leg and walk around in a leather miniskirt and you'd listen to me. Yes, ma'am. Whatever, here nor there, I just think that because that came out like right after that or because of the trailer, which I found out during my research that Robert Rodriguez had wrote that for Danny Trejo in the early 90s. And oh, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. This, and, that shit happens all the time where movies are, are, are meant to be made years and years and years prior but they just they just fall through the, through the cracks either funding timing stuff like that other contracts and shit but when it finally comes through like it's it's all fucking worth it like this may be a bad example but the x-men movie was supposed to come out in like 1994 but then it popped out in like what 2001 and originally like glenn danzig was supposed to be wolverine and shit these things happen all the time but i i feel like the grindhouse movies are a lost art but there's a lot of films that try to play homage to them or they try to copy that feel but it's when you do these films on like a digital camera and then you add the effects afterwards, it just doesn't have that same feel, that same graininess of the fact that they were just using old like nine millimeter equipment. Well, a lot of them are getting destroyed too because they were just passed around from theater to theater and they would get destroyed along the way. They were overplayed. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So I see the appeal with the Grindhouse films, especially back in the 70s and 80s, but apparently that there has been, like, from the article that I sent you, they were discussing about, like, they even started, like, movies, like, in the Grindhouse fashion, like, from the 1920s, right? Because, you know, it's not, and it's not out of, you know, left field to think that because even, like, The Wizard of Oz, for example, came out in, like, 32, right? So- Uh, you know, I'm not surprised. And we didn't have TV the way we have it now. Like now we can stream everything. Why would you go to the theater and sit there all night and watch these exploitative movies when you can just download them on your screen? Well, you could just go smoke a joint and get a hand job and eat some shitty popcorn. I mean, that sounds like a great time to me. <laughs> well, I, okay. I'm sure I know a lot of people did that. I mean, you look at movies like Taxi and, you know, things the very seediness of it all it is grimy it's disgusting it's sticky like you just feel gross when you watch films like this right just like the floor at Wee herman's movie theater oh my god my god why did you say that anyways (laughs) so for those of you who don't know and we do have a lot of listeners who are educated way younger than we are no i'm just saying that are younger who are younger than we are because we're old okay and we weren't even alive when these well, you were, but I think they started to die out by the time I came around. I'm aging like a fine wine. <laughs> well, you know what? I did see some old pictures of you and you do look a thousand times better now. So good for you, Micah. Thanks, Aid. I 
I really appreciate that. Uh, but that's how it is with men. That's like, you know, when Leslie Mann is yelling at Paul Rudd and this is 40, she's like, he just keeps looking fatter and better. And I'm getting <laughs> old. Like, what is that? I don't know what that is with guys. I don't know, Aid. I actually saw some old pics of you. I may have socked you a little bit. Oh my God. I, the same thing. I think you look better now than you did years ago. I had no eyebrows. It was the early 2000s, Micah. Oh, that was the style of the time. Just the, the same way I used to wear jinkos in a skin tight, shiny shirt. <laughs> but again, again, so if we think about this, even back then, like, you know, early 2000s, late 90s, like Grindhouse is done by this point. Yeah. I, it takes a lot, Giuliani. Cleaning up New York City, making it safe, and not keeping the grime and filth. There's one thing Grindhouse and Exploitation taught me is that New York City was the most fucking dangerous place on earth, and it was sticky and always steamy, and you were constantly sweating. Well, even, okay, so when we, we covered last year, we talked about cruising, and mm. even in, in Frankenhooker last year and both films sort of like kind of, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I had never seen it until we did the show and that was a lot of fun for me. Frank so it's one of my he's, favorite episodes. He's incredible. He does some of my favorite films. Like you're talking, Frankenhooker, I uh, talk about a Grindhouse film that is just unfucking touchable Basket Case. Oh yeah, Basket Case obviously is on the yeah. list for oh, the Grindhouse God. films. Damn, I love that fucking So movie. if you're, and, and you can watch both Rankin-Hooker and Basket Case on Tubi, everyone. So if you're listening and you want to check those out and you still haven't watched them yet, go ahead and watch them. And then go ahead and go back to our Rankin-Hooker episode because literally it is still one of my episodes, favorite episodes to this day. So that I did on Slasher's podcast, not Damn That's Scary. I don't know if you guys did it or not, but. Did you say Flasher's podcast? Not Flasher's podcast. Slasher's po- I'm not flashing Wait, you. Flasher's podcast? You know, no? okay, okay. Well, all right, whatever, fine. Sorry. Okay, see, Micah, this is why we have to talk about etiquette on the show oh. because clearly somebody mm. in this room does not have. Well, I'm in a closet. Okay, anyway. Just like Eminem, I'm sorry, Aid, but tonight I'm something in my closet. Oh, what is that? Remember anyway. that song? Cleaning out. Cleaning out the closet. You're right. Cleaning I know. Out my clo- and Eminem's just like digging a grave, whatever. Rain's I coming know. down on him like my brother's favorite artist he fucking loves eminem it's like even to this day to this day his favorite thing is eminem I'm like oh um, eminem's incredible like i do every, like him but i don't I, know anybody that actually hates eminem like come on well he, he's got some issues but anyways a grindhouse film back to our regularly scheduled programming i wish micah was here to like bring us back i'm micah or no mikey did i say micah i meant mikey you did Excuse freud me. was right uh, a grindhouse or action house is an American term for a theater that mainly shows low budget horror, splatter, and exploitation films for adults. So, if you didn't know what they were or you just thought it was a Quentin Tarantino thing, you'd be wrong because this, you know, was a thing forever. I so. feel like you and I were born at the wrong time because you could you imagine being our age now and like, or even just younger being like hey let's go over to the theater and watch two fucking movies back to back full of gore and boobs and just oh god damn it you might have a more fun with that than me i think it'd be fun to be like 17 18 19 watching them no 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 you would have a great time oh sneaking in those theaters are you kidding me 
Oh, that would be great. I would have so much fun. You know they weren't checking IDs back then. Unless you look like a 12-year-old, everybody got in there. You know all these kids were going in and seeing these films. Like, let's not let's not split hairs Absolute here. Fuck it. Absolutely. There's teenagers working the box office. You think they give a fuck who went in there? <laughs> no, no. They're back there listening to Twisted Sister blowing coke. They don't give a fuck. I know, exactly. Or fucking around like a Night of the Comet, so. Oh, God damn it. The yeah. other, I love Night of the Comet. But love that's that. more of an LA movie. I don't cons- that's not Grindhouse. No, it's not Grindhouse. I just not Grindhouse. That. That's it's an LA movie, just like uh <laughs> fuck it. I almost said Mall Rats because I'm wearing your the slashers tank. Oh here. yeah, uh, show everybody how cute it is. Oh, uh, look at this. I'm adorable. Go ahead and flash the camera. See everybody, if you want to look like Micah, you need to go to slasherspod.rubbubble.com and pick up the Mars Rats t-shirt, the ak ak ak. Designed by Jake. The late, the late Jake. The late, no, he's fine. Rolling in his grave. Oh my God, he's fine. Anyways, so back to the thing. So I I really wanted to talk about Grindhouse one because I really enjoyed them back in the day. For oh, And I yeah. can't believe it was 2007. Like where the oh fuck my God. did the fucking right? time go? I feel like I just saw this in the theaters like five years ago, Aid. I know. Well, I graduated in 2006. Oh, good for you. They came out in 2007. I know. I know. I'm still younger than you, so I can, at least I have that. Yeah, you're a PYT. <laughs> Shut up. I can't believe it was that long ago. And re-watching them both recently because one of them popped up on Tubi and I was like, all right, I love, fucking love Planet Terror. For some reason, I have a copy of Death Proof, but I think it was because one of my ex-boyfriends was like obsessed with that movie and I think I took it despite him. So I had that a girl, that a girl, take that shit. I had a girlfriend that was obsessed with these fucking like $300 stilettos and I took that shit. I can't wear them, oh, but well, I took them. If em. you still have them, feel free to send them my way because I will wear them. <laughs> I do not give a fuck. Anyway, so I really want to do it because I think that this doesn't get enough love, especially with Planet Terror. We'll get into Planet Terror a second. I kind of want to talk about Death Proof I, first. Or is it real, okay No, that of course that's okay with me. But what you just said, total truth. Planet Terror does not get enough love. Well, there's a reason for that. And I found out the cheese may. And I'm so excited to share it with everybody. Wait, really? There's a reason? There's I, a reason. Oh, there's a it. reason. Oh, you don't are know we, the are reason? We, are we, are we, are we gonna, I don't know the reason. I'm so excited oh about the reason. Do we save it for oh. the ending or do we just talk about it now? I guess we can let's, talk no, about no, it no, now. No, 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 no. Let's talk about Death Proof and then let's talk about Planet Terror. Let's save the best for last. But that's why I wanted to get into Death Proof first. There's a lot of fun trivia and shit with Death Proof. Oh my God. So many Easter eggs. Oh my gosh, yes. There's a lot of Easter yeah. eggs. I didn't really write them down because a lot of people especially with the intro today if you don't if you're not a fan of kurt russell back in the day and you only know him from he's over here i guess if you only know him no no no, from, he's right here <laughs> yeah he's right there in the closet <laughs> if you didn't know him from back in the day and you only know him from the santa claus movie and the guardians of the galaxy part two i guess he was in if that's the case, you probably shouldn't be listening to this episode because you're probably really young. I know you might be a little too too young for this, sweetie. So you know, turn this <laughs> off and turn it back on in a couple of years. Quentin Tarantino wanted Kurt Russell to like be a badass again because he was sick of him being, you know, in these little yep. like family Disney friendly films. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, "When is Kurt Russell going to be cool again?" And Kurt Russell wasn't even his first choice, but my God, I'm so fucking happy that he had him because yep. I don't know if anyone could play him any better, this character. What was his first pick? His first pick, so he had a couple of them. 
his first picks were, and I'm so surprised by one. And let me see if you can guess which one that you're surprised about. So before I get into that really quick, we're talking about Death Proof, which, you know, was came out as a double feature with Planet Terror. And this was a thing with Eli Roth, not Eli Roth, excuse me, Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez. Eli Roth's a part of Death Proof, which is why I said that. Also, Eli Roth directed one of the faux trailers, Thanks Thanksgiving. Eli Roth is a part of it. Like he and Quentin Tarantino like to fan each other's nuts. We all know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I took Doug's expression. I miss Doug. We all miss Doug. May he rest in peace. <laughs> He's fine, everybody. So anyway, <laughs> stop saying that. It's not Juju. Tarantino wanted to cast other people for this role, and they're all good. Like all of these people... I'd be okay with except for one. So again, I want you to tell me who you think I'm thinking of. So okay. we had John Travolta, Willem Dafoe, John Malkovich, huh. Ron Perlman, oh. Cal Penn, huh? Bruce Willis, and Sylvester Stallone. Fucking Stallone? Oh my yes. God, could you imagine? Hey, hey yo, this guy's death proof, but she gotta be in this seat right here. Hey, hey. I could see hey, hey, what am I doing here? I could see all of them doing this though. Like even Sylvester Stallone. Did you say Sean Penn? No, no, I said Cal Penn. You said Cal Penn. Because I, I could Penn. see I could see Sean Penn doing this role before any of those other fuckers you mentioned. Sean Penn was the one who inspired Quentin Tarantino to do this in the first place because they were drunk and they were fucking around one night, not fucking each other, but they were like No, they were sucking shit. They were sucking on toes. Maybe. Yeah. I mean I'm sure there was like and women then, involved. Tarantino was like <laughs> like hey Sean Penn, I got an idea. No, licking on she... Uma's licking on Uma Sturman's fucking foot that's like this just uh, like up and down like a fucking corn on the cob and he's like i got an idea for a movie and sean penn's over there like yeah what is it and, you know and then they came up with the the fucking death proof shit right no 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 no. that was not it at all but thank you for the pantomime again that's what we should put at the end of our little disclaimer you have a disclaimer well you saw it earlier <laughs> <laughs> you know what if y'all want to see the disclaimer patreon.com slash slash spot we're happy to share it with you yeah, just have me sucking on toes left and right <laughs> i don't get the whole foot thing but i mean i'll suck on toes whatever i don't fucking care okay without the toe sucking they were talking they were both drunk and sean penn was telling quentin tarantino all about these quote death proof stunt cars yeah and that's where he got this idea and so I think it's such a good idea because the car in and of itself is a character, right? Just like they used to be back in the day. And Kurt Russell was a part of a lot of those films with these elaborate cars and their car chases and shit. And so just to have Kurt Russell involved in this, I think is a really good homage, as you would say. Uh, yeah. And I feel like, like, as you said, the car is, be, is, is actually a character kind of like the way New York City is like the fifth Ghostbuster. Yeah. Kind of like the way I feel like Kurt Russell's truck was a character in Big Trouble in Little China. Mm -hmm. You know, he was basically taking the Liam Neeson approach, trying to get his truck back. That was at the end of the day. That's all he wanted. He didn't want that chick for mannequin. He wanted his <laughs> truck. He wanted the old pork chop express, baby. Toot toot. That was Kim Cattrall. Metadata, metadata, metadata. Anyways. So yeah, sorry, sorry. This isn't the sex in the city. We will podcast. do an episode on mannequin one day because I feel like that could be a horror movie. But anyway, so quick recapitation, everybody. Two separate sets of voluptuous women are stalked at different times by a scarred stuntman 
who uses his quote death proof cars to car to execute his murderous plans. So really quickly, that's how he gets off. Of course, that's how he gets off. But that's not the point. Well, what's the point for him? But we're gonna talk about the statistics really quickly. And there is a very big difference. Penis. I was gonna, oh. I was going to use a bigger word, but you know, I'm not going to be PBS today. Yeah, you're here. You're, you're recording with me, babe. Thank you, Micah. The budget here. And I want you all to listen to this and remember the statistics for death proof and juxtapose them, as Jake would say, with the statistics from planet proof when we get to planet, planet proof. <laughs> all right. The truly is kicking in planet terror when we get to that in just a moment. Can't wait to talk about death planet. So budget $30 million. It grossed $31 million its first release. But again, it was a double feature and it was yep. cut down significantly. He re-released it later in the year. It made more money. And plus, they did not release either of these films as the grindhouse thing across the world because that wasn't a, a shtick anywhere else except for yeah. America. All of that, I think, is kind of convoluted. But if we're just going to stick with America, gross $31 million. Yay. April 6, 2007. Oh, my God. And it's competition. I want to talk about the competition really quick. Oh, please do. We have, and it's the same competition for Planet Terror, obviously, that came out at the same time. Written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. The competition from this time, Vacancy, with, you know, Kate Beckinsale, Luke Wilson. It's a good movie. Ethan Embry. I like that movie, and it's short. It's short and sweet, and it's good. Bingo. Yeah. I like a good short film. The Marsh. The Marsh? The Marsh. The Reaping with Hilary Swank and that one creepy chick. That little girl, now she's grown and she's still in things. I forget her name. Yeah, she's still in shit. Lake Placid Part 2. Love it. Those were all from April 2007, but from the rest of the year, listen to this list. This was a good list, and I remember seeing all of these in the movie theater. Drunk High, whatever. It doesn't matter. because I As one would. Yeah, barely remember seeing them, but yeah. Disturbia with our Shia La- LaBeouf. Love which it. is my friend Claire's like, favorite movie she loves that fucking movie <laughs> I, I that movie's so good it's it's basically like rear window uh, i like mm-hmm. a nice hitchcock approach there an updated hitchcock yeah we have the reaping we have lake placid part two for the rest there disturbia p2 dead silence wreck 1408 return to house on haunted hell which i kind of like that it's stupid it. but i like it no i love it saw four which i love saw four I, I like Saw 4. Saw 4 is really fucking good. 3 and 4 are my two favorites of the whole thing. Oh, same seas. And they're growing at the same time, right? So it's like, oh my God, I figured it all out when I saw 4. Yay. Resident Evil Extinction, The Hills Have Eyes 2, Wrong Turn 2. A lot of part twos here. I love Wrong Turn 2 with Henry Rollins. Yeah, so we have that. We have The Hitcher, 30 Days of Night. Well, the, Hitch, the Hitcher remake. Days of Night. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like it. It's the remake. I just wanted everyone to know, not the old one, the remake. Oh, 30... Yeah, well, I'm just... For the children listening, okay. 30 Days of Night. Oh, my God. Love it. We did a whole episode on it, guys. So if you want to listen to our thoughts on it, please do. Probably your best episode. Well, I know, but I couldn't be on that episode. So I put my little blurb and my two cents in it. So that was cute. There you go. I, I know who killed me with Lindsay Lohan. I do <sighs> like that one. You do? I do like that one. And I, oh I like my God. I watched okay. it back then because I'm her age. Watching it, I don't You're know. You're as old as Lindsay Lohan? Yeah, we're the same age. Oh my oh, God, Lindsay Lohan. Lohan. I thought Lindsay Lohan was older than me. No, she's like 35, 36. How old is Lindsay Lohan? That's okay. a rough 35. I'm not 
talking shit here, but I'm just saying. She looks fine now. She just, oh. she's two years older than me. So she's my age. She's 36. Two years. You're not two years older than me. Oh you're my much, God. You're a lot older than me. I'm I am a lot older than you. No, Thank I thought you. I was younger for a second. I didn't think you were older. Uh-huh. Well, she looks like she's in, she looks like she's 45. Jesus. P2, absolute blast. Mm-hmm. And not enough people talk about dead silence. No, dead silence is great. I'd love to do that. So if it's you guys want to hear it, slasherspot at gmail.com. Let us know. Yep. Such a good one, but we don't have time to talk about it right now because we're already halfway through the episode. Whoops. I'm not done with my list because I'm going to continue this list. You're going to be like, mind blown like all of these movies came out this year i can't believe 2007 was such a banging year for horror like who fucking knew like it's just 2000 you want to know one of the reasons why there were so many good horror movies at that time is because george bush was in office when a republican is in office this is a fact look it up uh horror is at an all-time high especially zombie films when we talked about this before horror is basically a commentary on what's happening at the time yep. like you look at a serbian film like people love to talk about that right because it's exploitation is awful i won't watch that movie but i know that it is a huge commentary on their political system in serbia obviously it's very fucked up it's fine i know some people that i treat that movie like it's porn and they're not okay whatever we'll get into that later but <laughs> let me finish my list before you keep derailing me you shush okay so we have again picking up at i knew who killed me the mist stephen mm. king hello the messengers which i like that one too blood and chocolate that's a guilty pleasure of mine hostile part hostile part two banger fucking amazing absolute banger trick or treat was waiting for you to get to that because that was the one film I, I knew. There. I knew 2007. <laughs> the best film to come out in 2007. Trick or Treat. I got Sam right here on my arm. I love that fucking movie. I know. I, I have his sucker on my side. So we, we're I'm kind a, of matching. I'm a real sucker for uh, Trick or Treat. <laughs> Trick or Treat. We have Rob Zombie's Halloween 28 weeks later. <laughs> the Girl Next Door. Stop farting on camera, Micah. It's unbecoming. The Invisible, The Invasion, The Orphanage, I Am Legend, and I threw in Hot Fuzz because Hot Fuzz kind of gets a little scary. <laughs> Not scary, but it's pretty nasty. Listen, those two can do no wrong. Love Hot Fuzz. I love Hot Fuzz. So Hot I, Fuzz is great. So jumping into the, the rest of the film, we'll talk about it for a little bit longer and then we'll get into Planet Terror. Yes. This was a great fucking year for movies. So, you know, when I was looking at the budget and what they made, I'm not that surprised that these films didn't make as much as they should have. Only based on my opinion that you have a lot of bigger, you know, productions fucking, but the Weinstein company did Halloween, right? They're involved in these films. There is a reason why which involves, I, should I even say his name? I'm going to say his name, but it doesn't matter. It sucks because he's so important in the history of films, especially the ones that you and I like, the Miramax mm -hmm. films and all that. And, and Dimension, yeah. You could go to, you could go back all the way to 1981, The Burning. He is very, very fucking important in the horror genre. And it's so hard to separate that piece of shit from the work that he did. And also, now this is, I love Quentin Tarantino's movies. I fucking hate Quentin Tarantino, the person, because he fucking knew. And I'm not surprised. And the reason I say this, and I'm not, I'm not saying this as a man hater, and I know that 
Some people like to say that I am. I'm not, I don't hate men. I don't hate men. What I hate is the fact that these things happen. And being compl- being compliant, like being silent is... Being com- yeah, they're being complicit with it, but it's... it's it... But, but, but let me stop you there. And I'm not Sorry. saying this in defense of anybody. I'm just saying this as this was a product of its time. This is how people behaved. This was what was fact. If you listen to our, our episode... Mikey and I did with Jenna Cannell from Terrifier. Yeah. She talks about these things because even back then she was dealing with the same shit. This is something that is prevalent in Hollywood. It's prevalent in every job, honestly. It's still, it's, it's, it's everywhere and it's still happening. It's, it's still happening. Yeah. But we need to, the fact is that it happens and people are just like, they just put it in a compartment and they deal with it and they move on because it happens so often is disgusting in and of itself. Yes, it was a time that I'm not defending him. I just think that he did it as a result of being in this industry for so long. And this just this is just how things were. I'm not saying that I'm defending this at all. I'm not. And I'm not defending it either. It's it's it sucks. And I try I try so hard because the burning is one of my favorite slashers, but that was kind of the start of Weinstein's career. Mm-hmm. But the burning has a lot of problems that sort of kind of mimic the shit that Weinstein is all yes. about. Yes. And so there's uh, a lot, and we're, we're going to discuss this in our next episodes. So we can't talk about it now. No, that's, that's fine. That's fine. But my, my thing is, is that I love, I love every Tarantino movie. I truly do. I think he's a fucking genius. Yeah. He steals a lot of his shit from old films. But I don't consider it stealing just like the Grindhouse films. It's an homage to the old Grindhouse films. It it sucks. Harvey Weinstein funded all of his films. And, and Tarantino knew what was going on. He was complicit. And it sucks so much. And it's so hard to separate the artist from the actual person. Yeah. One of my favorite one of my favorite films and my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie of all time is Reservoir Dogs. I love Harvey Keitel. Mm-hmm. I, I I love Michael Madsen so much, and that movie to me is the most perfect movie that's non horror. That's a great movie, yeah. It's incredible. It's it's a great movie if you're on a first date. Pop that in Reservoir Dogs. It's just phenomenal. But the money that he got to make that film was from Harvey Weinstein, so it's so hard to be like the pain that he caused compared to the pleasure that these movies give us. It's it's just, it sucks so much, Abe. But again, think about the times that these movies were made. And this was, was this the style of the normal. times. This was just normal. This is how it was. And I'm not making that. It's not an excuse. It's not, yeah. not at all. Sorry. I, we're going off on a thing here. We let's are. Talk, we let's are. talk about death, bro. We are. But the last thing I will say that on that, if this shit continues to happen, right. And we're still supporting these things. That's a problem. That is so, an issue. We're learning from this, and I hope that everybody is understanding where we're coming from with this. It's not preaching. This is this is fact. Yeah. And it's, it's strange to me because I feel that in almost all of his movies, his women are so strong, and there's like this, these strong feminist aspects. We talk about death proof. Exactly. These women, they have so much sexual agency. Back to death proof. And let's talk about, like, so the beginning, it deals with these three best, you know, these three girls that are going out drinking partying, having a good time. And I don't think that they are murdered as a result of those things. Like most slashers, like a woman exercising her sexual agency and just being naughty gets murdered because of that, right? No, this is, they're having a good time. They get murdered in spite of that. And 
the second batch of girls, we have got Rosaria Dawson. We've got Zoe Bell. Like Love we, her. I mean, seriously, the this Love fucking Zoe cast. Bell. Let's just go over the cast. Like this is a really strong cast. All like. Oh incredible both both films great cast. oh my god i mean and this movie is basically two separate films you've got the first set of girls you got jungle julia played by sydney portier we've yes. got jordan ladd as shanna banana we've got rose mcgowan's in this is pam we have even the chick who plays marcy who doesn't die she's amazing like we have all she's of great. these like yeah. gorgeous women who are just so fucking cool beautiful women Vanessa Ferlito, who does her little lap dance on Kurt Russell. Like, I love her. I love her. And big thing about the movie, I know people shit on her bangs. I love her bangs. They're pretty banging. But, oh, who, Rosaria Dawson? No, you just said her name. The girl who does the lap dance? She has bangs. What are you talking about? She has about? bangs. She, she has does bangs. not have bangs. She's got, she like, totally has. No, she had bangs, didn't she? No, her outfit and her hairstyle, like literally that was exactly oh what God. I looked like back in shit. 2007. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I, thank you. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm wrong. I know. Micah, again, trying to the, mansplain. The hey, man like, is wrong. And I literally just, I mean, I've seen this movie because again, like I said, my ex-boyfriend was obsessed with this movie. We watched like literally he would watch it, like put it on, like in the background. It was always on. So I rewatched it anyways, because I had the only way, it in like 10 years. The only way he could get hard. Oh no, don't say that. Oh, bless his heart. Anyway, I know I was going to share this episode with him. I probably won't do it now. So I'll do it. Such a good commentary on how women are. We do behave this way. And this is not, and I don't think in any way, shape or form, this was to exploit women or to make you no. hate them. It was no. just to kind of like give you a picture. The, in fact, you know, Eli Roth and the other guy, like they were the perverts. Oh, the Jaeger shots. Yeah, let's get him Jaeger shots. Like it was fucking disgusting. Like I would never take a Jaeger shot. Ew. I mean, I have, well, but I, I throw hey. up right afterwards and then I go back to the bar because hey, I'm like, I can't even put a, put a little bit of Red Bull in that. You'll do it. No, 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 no. I'm too old for that now. If I was 22, back, sure. Back, exactly. Back in 2007. You back in those. 2007. Yes. Back in 2007, 19-year-old aide with a fake ID, I would buy you so many fucking Jaeger bombs. Oh, my God. I'd be like, who the fuck's this guy at the bar over here? Yeah, I was fat. I had a polo shirt, collar oh. pop, and a, and a fucking faux hawk. I was basically <laughs> Eli Roth in this movie. <laughs> I can relate to this character. Oh my god! Okay. Right now, now nowadays, I'm a I'm a good old Kurt Russell stuffing my face with nachos at the bar, reliving the good old days of being a professional wrestler. In his case, being a stuntman. Being a stuntman, and I there's a lot of funny parts to this because you know Pam's talking, Rose McGowan's talking to Kurt Russell's character, and she she's asking Quentin Tarantino, who's the barkeep, you know, like, oh, who's who's stuntman mike and he's like he's stuntman and she's like well, what does he do he's stuntman like he's a stuntman stuntman quentin tarantino is one of the worst fucking actors ever but <laughs> i adore him in this he's really good in this one yeah in this one he's good but normally he sucks we're gonna finish the death proof and get into planet terror because we're going a little bit over time one last thing i want to say about this one this one i feel like a lot of people gave this a lot of shit in reviews i guess like for my friends, at least, seeing it, because when you saw it back in the day, Planet Terror came first, and then yeah. this one came on. So this one's a lot more of a slower burn. A very tough act to follow. 
Exactly. So I feel that, I don't know if it would have been better if they put it first, because then you'd be like, oh my God, that am I going to have to do this again a second time? No. And the reason why that they put Planet Terror first aid is just like the old Grindhouse double features. They always put the balls to the wall movie first. Okay. Which makes sense. So like, that's you're just, exactly you're already why there. You already invested. Yep. Another ex-boyfriend of the time who I'm still friends with. So we'll shout him out. Hey, Matt, he had seen it. And I remember he was like, he was like, I was so stunned. I fell asleep halfway. <laughs> I don't even... <laughs> and I went and saw it. I thought it was, I thought it was great. I really liked it. Honestly, this was a very good depiction of 2007 early 2000s like it is a time capsule it is such a good fucking movie i love rosaria dawson she's my fucking hero tracy toms is amazing in this too like literally mary elizabeth winston isn't it oh my god yeah but can we talk real quick about how absolutely insane in fucking sane zoe bell is to make sure that everybody saw her face during that stunt oh my god she uh, strapped to that car That was like the big thing between her and Tarantino is that that was her. Yeah, that was her, her like main claim to fame. Like, yeah, she was Uma's stunt woman. She did a lot of stunt work before that too, but that was like it. Tarantino was like, Zoe, you're beautiful. You're, you're fucking awesome. You're talented. I'm going to make sure people know. Yeah. Make them know. And he's, as he's saying this, he's got her foot in her mouth, which is crazy. He could talk out of the side of his mouth during this. The whole thing was, was to put her dead in center. And I love that there's a a second set of women in this movie. As you said earlier, it's like a different film. It almost plays on the movie Psycho, where you get a completely different movie after Jamie Lee Curtis's mom gets stabbed there. Mm -hmm. But real quick, Aid, I know you were talking about all the girls. Obviously, Kurt, Eli, Quentin. We just, God damn it, we got to give it up to Michael Parks. (laughs) Michael Mansgame Parks, the reoccurring character in Rodriguez films and Tarantino films as the sheriff. God bless his heart. Died back in 2017 at the age of 77. I mean, he's dead forever, but (laughs) goddamn, I fucking love Michael Parks so much. Like everybody loves Tusk. If you don't, you you at least, if you don't love Tusk, you at least love Michael Parks. Michael Parks was amazing in Red State. He's incredible in oh fucking God. any anything is you so put hard in. to watch. Oh. It is so hard to oh. watch, but the fact that Michael Parks is so goddamn incredible, I consider Michael Parks up there with De Niro. I consider him up there with Harvey Keitel, I uh, uh, fucking Pesci, I uh, Brando. I consider Michael Parks one of the greatest actors to ever live but nobody talks about him it's it's a disservice well you know and that's another thing because he's a part of all of these cult films and quote cult films and i shouldn't say they're cult films but you know they are yeah Yeah. i mean whatever i it sucks there's a lot of these people quentin tarantino continually uses that are so good in his films like you never see them anything else and it's like it's sad because it's like or people don't even know who they are if you say it, right? The last thing I want to say about Death Proof is that if you're not paying attention, Death Proof and Planet Terror are in the same universe. Yeah. Death Proof comes first because they do mention and Planet Terror, rest in peace, Jungle Julia on the radio, plus the hospital scene, Marley Shelton's character, Dakota's in both films, and so is Michael Park's character in both films. He's the sheriff in both films. Which also means from dusk till dawn is in the same universe. 
Yes. And I wanted to talk about that, but I, who the hell knows if we'll have enough time because we're already at an hour. So we have to continue on. <sighs> now to Planet Terror really quickly. This might be a little bit longer of an episode. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. But so Planet Terror, the second or the first feature in the Grindhouse, but we're talking about it second. So just so everyone understands what's happening with it. Quick recapitation. A dangerous government experiment unleashes a gas that turns an entire town into flesh eating zombies. Now a group of ragtag survivors must make their way to a helicopter to escape the scourge. Oh, by the way, Greg Nicotero is involved with both of these films with their special effects. So I think that's really important to, to acknowledge. Absolutely. And our uh, our main man, Tom Savini. Tom Savini. And, you know, and Tom Savini also acts in Planet Terror. He's Deputy Tolo, who loses his figure. Like, I think it's so funny. <laughs> I fucking love Tom Savini. I Everybody love loves him. Tom Savini. So with this one, I want to go with the cast really quickly. Now, Robert Rodriguez, first and foremost, love Stud. all of his fucking movies. Stud. Well, he's gorgeous, but yes, he I is. love all of his fucking movies. Like What's everything your he does. Well, we were going to talk about that earlier. My favorite, obviously, is Desperado. Oh my god, mine too. <laughs> oh, yeah. it goes, it goes Desperado, and then From Dust Till Dawn for me, and then Planet Terror. Oh my god, yeah, same. Did we just become best friends? We did. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the thing. If you do not appreciate Robert Rodriguez, then we can't be friends because firstly, I mean, yes, he's Mexican, but I just, you know, I think it's really important that we have more, you know, Latin influences, especially in the horror community, because I don't think we have enough that are influential the way he is. Just like a Fede. Yeah, like Fede Alvarez. So a little bit of drama. Please. This is just cheese, man. This is just, you know, we're girls, we're talking. Couple gals. Robert Rodriguez was married to Elizabeth Avian. She produces this film as well as Death Proof. She's gorgeous. They were married up until like 2008, I want to say. Oh, or 2007. So shortly, shortly after this, huh? But he and Rose McGowan got together in like 2006. So I was trying to like look up without having to explicitly write it, like what, what ruined their marriage. And I'm wondering, I'm just speculating this because I know Rose McGowan is, is having some shit right now. So I don't want her coming for me. I, real quick. I like Rose McGowan. I love her. Rose McGowan, that poor, poor, poor girl. And I know she, she had a lot of work done recently and she's like almost unrecognizable. Um, well, she was unrecognizable here because I had looked it up back in the day and this is when Google sucked asshole. I'm like, yeah. why does she look so different from Scream? I know I, she's older, but there's something she got in a really bad car accident and had plastic surgery in her face. So I'm sure you knew that. Yeah, it, it, she, total Brutus Barber beefcake. Uh, but also like she she was in an abusive relationship with Marilyn Manson and then she was abused by Harvey Keitel. Well, I'm, I'm sorry, not, oh my God, Harvey Keitel. Not Harvey, Harvey Keitel is an angel, forget that. Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein, she, yes. But she is on record yeah. saying that Marilyn Manson didn't do shit to her. Wait, what? Yeah. She, she said that? She said that when they asked her for comments about all of the shit with Evan Rachel Wood and all these yeah, other wait, women. Well, I was always under the impression that, that her Manson back in the 90s. She said that he didn't do that to her. It wasn't that she didn't believe Evan Rachel Wood, but that he didn't do that stuff to her. You know what? Let's just start over. Hey, guys, I'm Micah. I'm from Damn That Scary. Uh, Rose McGowan was never abused by Marilyn Manson. I did, well, listen, I don't know. I wasn't there. Whatever. I don't even want to get into the whole Marilyn Manson thing because nothing's been proven. Back to business. Back to business. I know that Rose McGowan 
whatever. I don't want her coming for me. So I, I don't, I'm not insinuating that she did anything or whatever. I know that she's had some issues with Robin Rodriguez and she said that he exploited her because he knew the story between she and Harvey Weinstein, but she was cast in the movie in spite of Harvey Weinstein because she had sued him 10 years prior to this, which I thought this was like a brand new thing that happened. That was swept under the rug. That was not common knowledge. She told Robert Rodriguez, Robert Rodriguez cast her in spite of Harvey Weinstein to stick it to him in spite of what Harvey Weinstein wanted because he didn't want her in this film. So in retaliation, Harvey Weinstein slashed the marketing budget and basically fucked this movie. So this movie, the budget was $23 million. It made $11.4 million in the box office. What? I want to repeat that. $23 million budget made $11.4. Harvey Weinstein sabotaged this film because Rose McGowan was in it. No. Yes. Oh my God. They, him and his egg-shaped dick could go fuck himself. I know. And also Quentin Tarantino's rapey character in that film was basically Robert Rodriguez mimicking the type of person Harvey Weinstein is. Oh my God. And just like Quentin Tarantino, Harvey Weinstein's genitals slimed and fell out of himself. Oh, that's so nasty. (laughs) I just want (laughs) to say like, there's a lot of cheese made with this one, guys. So if you want to look up some more, you can. I, there was a lot to read. Aid, I didn't know this. Yeah, no, I was getting so excited. I was like laying in bed because I was so sick the other day. I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait to say this. (laughs) Oh my God, thank you. I thought it was interesting. And I know that, you know, since then, Robert Rodriguez and Rose McGowan have been arguing because she says that he exploited her and he's denying it. I don't know what the fuck's going on with those two. I'm not going to get into the middle of this because to me, it just looks like a couple who's very bitter and they're just talking shit. I'm not going to get into that with them. Let's, yeah, let's fuck all that shit. How about we talk about the cast of Planet Terror? Yeah, let's get into the cast. Oh my God. First and foremost, let's talk about the fact that Bruce Willis has such a minor part in this movie, but is just, it's such a surprise to see Bruce Willis in this, which of course, as I said before, Aid, these movies are an homage to the old Grindhouse films because that's exactly what they would do sometimes. They would drop a bunch of, bunch of greenbacks and get themselves a big Hollywood actor for a very, very tiny, tiny ass role and ex- exploit the shit out of it, put them on the poster and stuff. And then when you watch the movie, they're in it for like two minutes tops. And that was an homage with Bruce Willis. I'm really sad that, you know, all he's going through all of this shit. Love you, Bruce. So sorry. Oh my God. What a, it's a depressing Hard, thing. Die Hard is one of the most bonerific movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't say a, a bad thing about Bruce Willis I love Bruce Willis so much uh the fact that he he went through that fucking jungle that they filmed the movie Predator in also known as Demi Moore's Bush to just a uh, goddamn I love I just I just love Bruce Willis I don't know where I was going with that you had to mention her bush like seriously I, I yeah that war scene in Stump was filmed in Demi Moore's Bush did you know that I hate you so yeah Bruce Willis I mean ha- just having him there I think is such a good great absolutely great and like a lot of the stories about Bruce Willis is that he is just a cool fucking dude. Yeah, no, he's he's great. I I love him in this one. I think he's uh, I think he's a really good integral part to the film, and for not you know not being such a big character, and he's you always remember him because I know he comes on at like the beginning of the movie. So yeah, absolutely, and at the end, right? Yes, and at the end, and yeah. he was actually you know 
Quentin Tarantino wanted him for Death Proof, which I thought was interesting. So at least yeah. he got into Planet Terror for, and all of those other actors that we mentioned in Death Proof that were supposed to be uh, Stuntman Mike, they couldn't do it for schedule conflicts. So it wasn't like they said no ew, to this movie. He really picked John Travolta over Kurt Russell. That's what I read. I mean, I think I think John Travolta would have been a good creep, but John, he he's worked with John Travolta before in Pulp Fiction, which actually saved John Travolta. Yes, but it did. Cannot, but he was chubby in that movie because I remember my mom saying yeah. he got fat. <laughs> yeah, which I mean that was fine. He was a fat uh, hitman. Whatever. I don't think he was fat. Um, I think he was still cute, but whatever. He had a dad. Bro. I don't care. He looked good. I mean, I I don't know. He was still cute to me. Wait, you anyway. know what? Look who's talking now, eh? <laughs> yeah, he's cute in those movies too okay we're not talking about john travolta so back to planet terror i want to get into some of the the trivia because i think it's really interesting and you probably already know all this robert rodriguez he came up with the idea when he was doing the faculty which i thought was so fun and he was telling elijah wood and josh Hartnett at the time he wanted to cast them in the movie so this was all the way back in 98 so 10 years prior 11 years prior no, nine, because I can't do math. I teach English. I'm sorry, guys. Now, eight, could you imagine Josh Hartnett in the role of Freddie Rodriguez's character other than, you know, Freddie Rodriguez? Yeah. I would have preferred Josh Hartnett. I like Al Ray. I think he's adorable. Uh, he's fine. There's something about him. And one of my he's... favorite scenes in the film is when they're sitting at the table. At the diner. Talking. Yeah. That's my jacket. Yeah, that's my jacket. I look for it for two weeks right and it all comes back how long did you look for me well he's like but the jacket belonged to me you didn't and i was like i love this i love yeah. every part of that scene i am like so obsessed with that scene it's one of my you favorites know, it's, it's that scene and the scene with josh brolin and what's her nuts marley, marley shelton yeah is, is, is the scene in that where he's like oh your friends work pretty fast those two scenes really stand out to me Robert Rodriguez does a lot with his characters that you are just so invested in the scene and you're just entranced, but in a completely different way. So you're you're watching Quentin Tarantino does it like in a slower kind of paced way. Robert Rodriguez has more of a, I can't explain it, but the tone is very different. I'm, I'm sure if I was more articulate then I could explain it better, but just the, the interaction between characters yeah. is so profound yeah. and you're just sitting there like, oh my God, he's going to fucking kill her. Like with Marley Shelton and, and Josh Berlin. And Robert Rodriguez's work I find is better than Tarantino's uh, with, with those two scenes alone. But if you go back to something from Dust Till Dawn, the scene between George Clooney and Harvey Keitel at the table at the bar where Harvey Keitel has enough of George Clooney's shit and just calls him out. And he's like, are you that much of a fucking loser that you don't know that you actually won? Like that's, that's Rodriguez's style. Yeah. Where Tarantino. He's more abrasive. More I would say. Saw, yeah. He, yes. Okay. Yeah. That, that would be the word. Okay. Oh, did we figure it out? <laughs> abrasive. The good old I, Robert Rodriguez. I've always considered the Brillo pad of Hollywood. <laughs> Well, oh my God. Demi Moore's Bush of Hollywood. <laughs> but even like at the end of Planet Terror, when she's leaning over El Rey and they're talking, you know, I'm over here like, oh my God, that's like Aww. the worst. Like I, I get so upset because I just think that it's just such a good, the chemistry between the characters, the writing, everything like for a grindhouse picture, for something that's not supposed to be taken very seriously. It yeah. does have moments where you do take it very seriously. I mean, even with Tony's death, for example, like when the kid shoots himself in the car, 
he had his son play that role because he was he felt bad putting anybody else's kid in that situation right but then yep. tony comes back after the credits he he made it after all he made it which i never watched the end credits until the other day and i was like oh my god little fuckers they're playing <laughs> there's a lot of homage to john carpenter here as well but i just think that the machine gun and the leg there's so many like little foreshadowing pieces in the film even even in death proof they always keep focusing on the right leg right like in death proof the leg flew out of the window jungle julia's leg flies out you see her legs her legs are the entire movie you all you see are her legs rose mcgowan when she was in the bathroom at that truck stop pulling that shard of glass out of her leg glass out of her leg yeah and even like when she's zipping up her boot they're focusing on her right leg and so you know at some point okay something's gonna happen well we know because we see her gun leg on the cover but yeah you know i just think it's it's a good way especially with a horror film and i guess you need guns and zombie films because usually with slasher films like i think it's such a weak way to have like a slasher with a gun because my biggest one of my biggest complaints about terrifier is that art pulled a gun out yeah we talked about that with jenna cannell and she says that that's the kind of character that is because he can't win he can't win unless he cheats Yep. yep and when she said that like it clicked with me okay i can see that I get that, but it I was get still, that. It was, uh, I, I saw Terrifier in the theater and we were all just like, oh, what? You know, when he pulled the gun out of his ass. I know. Well, yeah. and, and that's the thing. I, but with, with, I guess with zombie films, you always need the guy, even with Walking you Dead need, and all of you, that, you, you need, need the guns. Gun. Yeah. You need so, it. which makes sense, but especially with gun violence and at the time that it came out, what we were just, it was only a few years. Oh, not a few years. Oh my God. It was like seven years. We're still at war. And oh my God, I feel like to have all of that gun violence in that film then works. Would that work now? I don't know because it's really glorifying having these weapons, especially putting it on her leg, but it empowers her as well. And so I just bingo. That's the word. I don't think of it as anything wrong, but I grew up with this film. I don't know how it would be perceived now is what I'm saying. And you know, the way she's firing that gun off, is that she's actually she's actually doing kegels. Every time she does a kegel, it fires off around. So Rose McGowan has like the tightest pussy ever. So she's like plot, 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 plot. Meanwhile, she is just training that snapper. Thank you, Micah, for that education on You're kegels welcome. today. You're welcome. There's a lot of other fun trivia, which for some reason I always thought that Freddie and Robert Rodriguez are related. They are not. Freddie Rodriguez is actually Puerto Rican, so. Shut the fuck up. They're not related. They're not related. Oh, my God. No. (laughs) Everybody thinks they're related. They're not related. I thought that was his brother. No. What the piss? Why did he cast him and not Elijah Wood? Why did he cast him and not Josh Hartnett? What the fuck? Aid. What? Oh, no. Freddie Rodriguez is you who can't see, Micah just took his hat off, so this must really. Oh, God. My power. Oh. Oh, oh, I'm so weak. Oh, 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 my oh God. God. Are you fucking kidding me? This whole time, I thought that was his brother. That was like the biggest takeaway. And not the biggest takeaway, but when I read that, I was like, I well, because I, I was looking, I'm like, well, how are they related? And I couldn't see anything. Because usually when you look up one, you'll see, okay, siblings, and then he should have Because Freddie Rodriguez is normally a voice actor. He does shit in like family guy and teen titans and shit yeah, like he, that he's in sitcoms or he's in like you know dramas he's not he's you know he's 
He's cute, but I mean, I wouldn't say like, oh, hey, but I think he's cute in this movie because he's, he's sexy. There's something the, about him. I don't know. Yeah, all, all five foot five of him. He's the bad boy, though. But hey, you know yeah, of I course. Dated they, a, hey. I dated a short guy before. I mean, they're not terrible. Like, come on. Hey, you put it. You put a uh, you put a big oversized leather coat on a tiny guy that weighs about a buck 30. Yeah, sure. Whatever. So uh, a regular old Robert Downey Jr. over here. I uh, it's. I have, uh, I, uh, okay, all right, yeah. whatever. I'll, I'll, I, I'll say that for another time. I okay. like my badasses to actually be badass. That's why Predator is the greatest film ever. Oh my God. I, we're not arguing about that today. Greatest your, film ever. I saw your post and I just yeah, looked did. at it. Yeah. And I'm moving on. Anyway. And got moist. Ugh, Planet Terror is also the second film, and I didn't know this. It's also the second film in which both Freddie Rodriguez, your favorite person, and Stacey Ferguson were together, but not in the same scene. And huh. Stacey Ferguson, of course, is Fergie Ferg. They were both in Poseidon, which I remember her in Poseidon. I don't remember him. <laughs> Wait, the one with Kurt Russell? No, no, the one with, it was Kurt Russell. I thought it was Richard Dreyfuss. Was Kurt Russell in the new Poseidon? The Poseidon Adventure, like the the one that, the remake of the one that Gene Hackman and- Yeah, because uh, I, I watched Ernest the old Born, Ernest, one. Yeah, Gene Hackman, Ernest Bernstein. Bernstein. Okay, all right, Mer- my God. <laughs> okay, you don't watch SpongeBob, Mermaid Man. Mermaid Man and Gene Hackman were in that movie. Okay, well, I watched the old one back in the day with my mom. The new yeah, one great. that I saw, I, I don't remember anything except the biggest thing I remember is Fergie walking up to, was it um, Sheriff, Sheriff, what is it, Holt from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and they hug each other and then the fucking everybody died. And then Fergie pissed her pants. It wasn't even in the script, but it's crazy that they kept it in the movie. Yeah. And that's actually what caused the boat to flip over. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, I, Fergie's Fergie's vagina. That was the whole thing with that the shitty remake, whatever. But I didn't even remember Freddie Rodriguez being in that, but I thought that was a cool fact. And then, huh. oh, oh, the kill count. This was what I want to talk about because, you know, oh, this yes. is a horror podcast after all. We have a total of 281 deaths in this film. Is that more than RoboCop? Probably not. But okay. you'll have to ask Jake. I can't talk about RoboHouse because Jake has a monopoly on that. Did you say RoboHouse? RoboCop. <laughs> Why did I say Robo House? Can't talk about Robo House. You know what? Shush. I'll never shush. And guys, I know I sound like a drag queen in heat right now, but it's because I'm sick. So I yeah. I sound awful. I'm very sorry. Aid has a huge ego. Uh, but yeah, okay. Anyways, 281 people die. Go ahead and Google your RoboCop. I am. You keep going. El Ray has 52 kills. Cherry has 50. And Sheriff Haig has 13. So they had the top kills in the whole film, which I thought was interesting. How many kills in Robocop, sir? I don't want to talk about it. I was wrong. Oh, were you wrong? You're trying to mansplain and yet wrong once again. All right. Hot, shots, our... part, hot shots part two has the highest kill count ever. Well, okay. This is our dynamic where I just prove you wrong. Like The Titanic the has the highest kill count ever, okay? <laughs> Independence Day has the highest kill count ever, all right? Moving right along. So out of the two of these, before we go, which do you think is... The better film is it death proof or planet terror that's really really hard that's like asking you what is your favorite testicle they're both or in your case what's your favorite tittery now it's, it's either the left or the right right i mean it's really hard to say because in planet terror you have man's game josh brolin man's game michael bean 
You have uh, Rose yeah. McGowan, uh, whose man's game is fucking that. You got uh, Freddie Mercury. You have a slew of actors. Obviously, the 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 guy at the diner. My God in heaven, I forgot his fucking name. He's in Machete. Uh, he's man's game as fuck. He's awesome. You got Bruce Willis. You got the guy cutting balls off left and right. Jeff Fahey. Oh my God, Jeff fucking Fahey. I love him so goddamn much, and I am embarrassed. Go listen to my podcast, damn that's scary. But you have you have a whole plethora of these amazing characters. You have Robert Rodriguez being absolute Robert Rodriguez. You have Tom Savini, who is just so incredible. And I know I mentioned Michael Bean, but he gets mentioned again because Michael Bean is fucking great and he deserves more than what he got in Hollywood. But then again, you go to Death Proof. You have this, uh, you have incredible dialogue. You have an incredible cast of characters. You have a great fucking story. One of the best endings to any movie I've ever seen. You got Zoe Bell proving the fact that she has uh, an iron clit. Uh, it's 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 so hard to to like decide which one is your favorite movie. But at the end of the day, I gotta go with the Splatterfest gore bath itself, Planet Terror. I love Planet Terror so much. Planet Terror is such a goddamn good time. I could watch that any time of day. I could watch it at a funeral. Death Proof, also a blast too. A very, very, very close second. But at the end of the day, I gotta go with Planet Terror. I gotta go with Planet Terror. And this whole thing is great. If you watch the whole thing, including all the faux trailers, absolutely phenomenal. This was a great homage to the old Grindhouse features. It's the closest thing we have to Grindhouse. There's a lot of films now that try to emulate that shit, and it just, to me, it falls flat. I love Planet Terror. I love Death Proof both. I love this whole thing as a whole. <laughs> I said whole. I gotta go with Planet Terror, Aid. Five out of five. Oh, and one more thing. Also, Planet Terror has its go-go, not cry-cry, which I just love that so much. Oh, and speaking of, you know, the guy who owns the go-go club, he's actually Robert Rodriguez's realtor in real life, and he just cast him. Shut and up. He's like, he's like, he's not acting in the movie. That's just how he is. And I'm like, that is so great. No he's not way. an actor. That guy's not an actor. He's a fucking real I've estate never agent. I've seen him in yeah. anything. Yeah, no, he's a realtor. And he's like, I, he's like, I wrote this part for him because this is how this guy is. And I just want him to be in the movie. You know, so, that guy gets chlamydia at least three times a Oh, week. probably. I mean, he had the babysitter twins all over him. So good for him. <laughs> he had a good time. Hey, hey, um, hey, hey, you too. Save it for the stage. Quit making out back here. So, I know like that I mean that's how he is in real life so I just think that's so hilarious so yeah I know I know and I don't necessarily think well whatever we're not going to get to any of that but anyways <laughs> going on I agree with you as a horror films go I enjoy Planet Terror more I think it has a little bit more I like the little love story between Cherry and El Rey I do like that adorable absolutely adorable I love shit like that. My, my horror films, we didn't need that in death proof because death proof, the focus is the women. I think the death proof, not that it's not a horror movie. I think it is. I think it's a different kind of horror movie. So it just depends on what you're in the mood for, I guess. I'm always the mood for planet terror. And I've seen, I, I love death proof though. It's like, Oh my God, I love them both. So it's really hard decision to make that if I have to choose 
to watch one for the rest of my life, it would probably be Planet Terror because I really do love all the blood and guts and gore. That's what kind of was the precursor to this episode was you and I talked about our love for Planet Terror. Yeah, exactly. And that's yeah. why we, we came together with this episode. So I think that, oh, it all came around. Oh. This is a foundation <laughs> of our friendship, Abe. I know. That's exciting. I love that. Absolutely. You know, and then with other Grindhouse films, I said my favorite was Black Christmas really quick before we end this. But I told Micah the other day that I can guess which one his favorite is. And so can I just guess? Or... Go ahead. Go. Yeah, go ahead. I think your favorite one is Maniac, in my opinion. Are you throwing away your notebook because I'm correct? <laughs> You're totally right. Maniac is my absolute favorite. I'm such a sucker for Maniac. I watched Maniac for the first time when I was 17 years old, when I was I was out here visiting. I, I'm recording in Reno, Nevada. I was living in Pennsylvania at the time. I came out here to visit my dad. And uh, this is before my dad was retired. So I, I went to a mom and pop shop. I rented a bunch of movies. And one of them was this movie Maniac. And I fell in love with it. And my dad actually walked in during a scene and it was the scene where he's making out with the one sex worker in the hotel room. And my dad just walked in, stared at it and went, ah, yeah, hookers don't kiss you like that. And then he walked out and that like stuck with me forever. I love Maniac. It's one of my comfort films, but a close second aid basket case mm. followed by children shouldn't play with dead things yeah and children shouldn't play with dead things like nobody talks about that movie it's so good now it's so good for the listeners i want to point out that there is something on netflix i hope it's still on netflix i hope i'm not wrong if you don't know a good amount of exploit obviously everybody knows texas chainsaw massacre we all know a couple of the films we, we talked know, cannibal about cannibal holocaust like those are ones yeah. i think that comes to everybody's absolutely forefront. i spit on your house, grave I spit yeah, on, yeah. Last House of Love. If you really, really, really want to find really good grindhouse films, really good exploitation films, I implore all of you to watch Mad Ron's previews from hell. I watched that. Oh, you did? And I downloaded a bunch of movies off that list. Okay, Aid. Now, listeners of Slashers, Aid is a perfect example of what this movie could do for you. It's an hour and 20 minutes long. It's hosted by this guy, Mad Ron, and a fucking puppet. He's a ventriloquist. Very poor quality, everybody. Like, his fucking is so bad. You say poor quality, I say perfect. And it takes place at a movie theater, and it's just like these two hosting a nonstop array of grindhouse exploitation movie trailers. And it is it is just something wonderful. If you watch this, you could find out that Rob Zombie actually got a lot of his shit from these fucking movie trailers. Yeah, A lot of his, like, use my body to keep you alive. The, the different sounds that he has at the beginning of his songs come from these trailers. Everybody go watch Mad Ron's Previous from Hell. It is the perfect, it's the perfect way to get to know these movies and write them down, watch it with a notebook, enjoy yourself, roll yourself a horse's leg size joint and just enjoy the shit out of this. They discussed one of the best, I've downloaded a bunch of them. My favorite one from the list was Sisters. It's actually... A Brian De Palma film starring Margot Kidder. And Mar yep. it's so fucking good. Like it is fucked up. It's good. I mean, it's not as fucked up as some of the other ones, but I thoroughly enjoyed that film. So some of them it's are a little, a little like I know I'm not going to like it. A lot of rape. A lot of, yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot 
a lot of violence against women there, but I, but again, I think that's where we get the rape revenge yeah. genre from is from films like this. So, I mean, you just have to roll with the punches, right? Anyway, a very good. Now I know I said a lot of these films that come out now, they try to emulate the grindhouse films. If I could put one film over that absolutely does capture the essence of the grindhouse exploitation films is a film called run bitch run okay have you seen this i have not now it is it is on the same vein of last house on the left i spit on your grave but it was made in uh i'm gonna say before 2010 i don't know exactly but run bitch run is one of the few films that came out in the last 20 years that truly captures the feel of an exploitation grindhouse feature that's my only thing with those types of movies because i know rape rape and movies is hard to watch i love the movie mother's day so much it was it was the only movie done by lloyd kaufman's brother but the rape in that was so unnecessary run bitch run is actually on tv right now so if y'all want to check it out go check it out check it out there's a i mean that's the thing with these types of films but a lot of the times when they incorporate rape in them i'm not making an excuse for this you know it's usually like a comeuppance yeah exactly in the same vein the sort of planet terror is because rose mcgowan's not assaulted but quentin tarantino's character is trying to he's trying to get his quote-unquote dick wet his dick wet so and you know what? His dick got really wet in that. And oh my god, it was so nasty. Like, what was he gonna do at that point? Just scissor her to death? I don't know. But even at the beginning of the movie, where the other doctor and the doctor's office like showing all of these like bad like things happening to people's genitalia and shit, I'm like, what the fuck? It's oh, so god. nasty, right? So you know, just watch where you stick it, people. I guess that's a, it's a what is it? It's a it's a life lesson or the moral of the story kind of thing. Yeah. Sometimes penicillin can fix it. Sometimes you're uh, you're just fucked. Oh my god. So okay, we're coming up at the end. This is not a damn that scary. We're not going to be talking for two hours. I don't know what you're trying to say. I know, but you guys like to talk so much. It's so cute, but I can't. You know, he's I, my best it, friend. We have a lot to say. Yeah, but Greg is okay with editing three-hour episodes. Aid is yeah. not. Ed just, uh, Ed, Jesus Christ, I've been drinking. Uh, Greg just eats a bunch of mushrooms. He sits in front of the computer and he uh, does his magic. And God bless him so much. He's a sweet, sweet boy. Everybody go check out Damn That Scary. Listen to all the back catalog of the Slashers podcast. In my heart of hearts, I believe that Slashers and Damn That Scary are in the, the top 10 best horror podcasts you could actually listen to. And that includes those top, top ones that everybody just just swings off their nuts and i'm not going to say their names but well but slashers and damn that scary we're the best i i agree i think that it's really difficult i know for people to listen to podcasts but i always think that you know if i can keep it on and leave it on it's a good show so I, I always learn something from damn that scary despite the fact that we're insane. Craig is on mushrooms, but I never can tell. But he edits the episode, so I'm sure he makes himself look amazing. So there you go. Uh, it, yeah, it's usually five hours of audio that we actually <laughs> record. And Greg, the master behind our show, could actually <laughs> condense it down to about 90 minutes, uh, sometimes even an hour. God bless his heart. I know. Good for you, Greg. And, you know, editing is not easy. The podcasts are not easy. So, 
the best way you can support a podcast is firstly, just by promoting them. If you're on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you really liked an episode, you know, just kind of drop a plug. It's free. Just say, Hey, you know, slashers podcast flash. Damn that scary. Gave a point to something that I really loved today. Or, you know, Micah offended me. I can't wait. Cause you know, bad publicity is still publicity. <laughs> you know, right. I've been saying that for years, Aid. So, you know, whatever, good or bad, just go ahead and throw our name out there. That's one thing you can do for us. Another thing, if you want to support us monetarily, you can go to slasherspod.revable.com and you can look just as hot as Micah in that tank top because you can get that tank top in several different colors, by the way, everybody, the Mars attacks, as well as hundreds of other designs because Jake loves making designs. And we were thinking of making a damn that scary Micah homage t-shirt, which I texted to him the other day and he never responded to me. So I guess Micah doesn't give a fuck. Well, no, that's the point. (laughs) I'm not supposed to. That's the character aid. Micah 316. What? (laughs) Oh, hell yeah. I had one beer. What? A margarita. What? A Bloody Mary. What? Shot of whiskey. What? Jake, Jake, I'm coming for you. I don't know what any of that means. So Jake, that's okay, you know. but you are still turned on by it. And that's what I'm here for. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but also if you want to support us monthly and get bonus Patreon episodes, as well as other cool shit, like stickers and accolades from us. And just, if you want to talk to us more and be on the discord with us, you can go to patreon.com slash slashers pod. So, or just follow us on Instagram at slashers pod. You can follow me at pathologically ADE. Micah, where can they follow you guys? You can follow us on damn that scary pod on all of that shit. That's pretty much it. Okay. And also, uh, we, <laughs> sorry, we have a red bubble, but I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. So red bubble, probably damn that scary 69. Actually it is damn that scary 69 and red bubble. I'm not making that up. Okay. Well, there you go. And we also, please make sure you guys follow Doug at Doug Bizarro. He's got a lot of fun shit coming out soon. He's finishing up one of his B movies. I can't wait for y'all to see it. And you can also watch him on B movie TV on Friday night action. You can watch his lovely wife, Yahira or Jake on Saturday night terrors. Also both on B movie TV and also grandpa Oates and his cinema. Love that Oates. Uh, it's it's crazy to me that they're doing this all from beyond the grave just like uh tupac i know everybody's dead but apparently they're all doing tv shows so and that's on sundays again also b movie tv for roku if you do not have a roku get a roku and follow b movie tv and come support us because we'd love your support sometimes you'll occasionally see our faces on these things only at my behest but yeah here i i love to participate so there we go but with that i just want to say thank you again micah for coming on our show pleasure was all mine because i feel like i keep dragging you on here you're not dragging me i love this i love being a part of slashers thank you so much for having me aid all right. Well, thank you. And if you ever want one of us to come on to Damn That Scary, we'd love to, but I don't know how we would ever be able to get a word in edgewise with you and your You got to so. keep in mind that we record, <laughs> we record really late at night and we record for literally hours and we drink a great deal of alcohol. So clear your schedules for at least two days and join us. You know, we'll think about that. So that'll have to be like a weekend kind of thing. Yeah, slumber party. So if you guys want to hear more about Grindhouse or, you know, you're just excited about our wet hot slasher summer and there's a summer horror film that you're like, oh my God, why the fuck aren't they mentioning it? Go ahead and email me at aidslasherspod at gmail.com or just DM me 
on Instagram. Yes, Micah, your hand is up. What can I do for you, dear? I would, it's a newer film, but I would absolutely love to hear the slasher's take on Nobody Sleeps Alone in the Woods. Okay. I would love it. It's a Polish horror film, and there's also a sequel, but that first one is just a fucking blast. It's on Netflix. Okay, well, we'll have to check that one out. I was actually thinking you were going to say, and it's on 2B, is Don't Fuck in the Woods. (laughs) So if you haven't seen that one, that's definitely a grindhouse if I ever saw it. That's a good time, too. Oh, you've seen it. Of course you've seen it. (laughs) Come on. Does it have boobs in it? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. All right. So with that, Micah, thanks again for coming on with us. Everybody, hope you all had a great week. Goodbye and good die. Hey, goons. Once again, please stick around for our hidden track. This week, we have one last song from Dancing with Ghosts. Again, I absolutely adore their sound, their look, everything about them. So please make sure you go over and check them out on Instagram at Dancing with Ghosts Official. Give them a listen. They have a new song uh, coming out soon, Audacity. I'm really excited about that as well. And don't forget to listen to Josh's podcast, Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. And if you listen to their newest episode, you may or may not hear me on it as we discuss the sacraments. So that was a lot of fun. I really want to thank Josh for all of the songs that he lent us for our hidden track, as well as inviting me onto the show. We had a great time, and I'm really sad that this is our last hidden track. But, you know, if you guys really liked their sound, please make sure you go ahead and check them out. This is actually one of my favorite songs of theirs, Stainless Static by Dancing with Ghosts. Enjoy.